You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Yeah, screw those guys. I don't even like them. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. After nine years of being with our team and, frankly, very successful in making in the playoffs, uh, I shared with Chuck that we wanted to get further. I wanted a new set of eyes on this team. And uh, we had a very good conversation, shook hands, and we're going in a different direction. We're not good enough right now. What I want to have is a new set of eyes and and take a look at where our strengths and where our weaknesses are and somebody will come in who doesn't feel an ownership to certain players and I want someone to to take a look and what we can do to tweak our team. This is not a rebuild Um, and, and I'll be very direct about that when I'm interviewing a general manager. All right, Craig Leopold yesterday. Matthew Collar uh, writes about the NHL for ESPN Insider. He's a multi-talented, multi-faceted mm-hmm. contributor here. Uh, Judd and Collar have a show on Saturday, Saturday Sports Talk, 10 to noon. If you're the new GM, do you think, and maybe maybe there's more categories than this, do you think this team fails to advance because of a skill-slash-talent issue, because of a chemistry issue? Some other issue, a combination. Like, how would you start to to look at this chessboard if you're a new GM? I, I think that this team fails to advance in part because one one thing that uh, we just heard there that was dead on is the general manager felt ownership over some players, which would keep you from trading them. And just I know a few people around the NHL that I talked to, and I know that there was interest in lots of guys over the last few years on this team. And, and Brodeen was one of them that had very high value, and instead, Scandella gets traded for almost nothing. And, uh, you know, guys like Charlie Coyle, especially after last year, very high value. Um, uh, Mikel Granlund, after last year setting a career high, it was looked at as. His, his breakout season, but at the same time, you could have seen it coming that he would be shut down in the playoffs again. Um, that That's a bit of the part is is you have a lot of B-plus players, a lot of guys who you would like on your team if you had other players who could drive the bus. What they have is one, maybe two, so like one and a half real possession-driving type players who can dominate the boards, win the puck, get to the front of the net, and Parisi is is at the very top of the list. And you could talk about whether he's run the locker room the right way or anything like that, but when he's out on the ice, you don't want to play against him because he wins so many battles and he gets to the front of the net and he is just injured for all those reasons that he's had those back injuries. But you have one player like that, and everybody else is one-dimensional. And when you get one-dimensional players who have just pretty good skill and not unbelievable skill – those players can be stopped when it comes to the playoffs. If you're going to be a one-dimensional skill player and you're going to dominate, mm-hmm. you better be Patrick Kane. I mean, you better be an all-time great one-dimensional player. Otherwise, teams are going to find ways to slow you down. And that's what I think a new general manager will look for is who's out there potentially on the trade block 
that can bring us some two-way play, that can play hard in the playoffs, that's difficult to play against, that wins battles, that is on the right side of the puck all the time. They don't have too many guys that are really like that, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what's killed them when they get to the postseason. Leopold's comments about uh, what what you talked about, uh, which was ownership to certain players, leads me to believe that he sat down with Fletcher and that there was a reluctance there to trade certain players. Mm -hmm. And the issue there is this. You can bring this team back. And in the regular season, Boudreaux's a good enough coach. He will probably get get them to second or third again in the division, and they, they will get near or at 100 points. But it's not a playoff roster. It's just that simple. I mean, if you watch this team play in the regular season, they can be sporadic, they can be maddening, but they're going to get points for you. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the playoffs and you play these teams like the Blues were big, the Jets are a template now. I mean, the Jets the Jets are fast and big and tough as hell. Uh, when you see those teams and you say flat out those are playoff rosters and playoff teams, how do we match up? You don't match up, Matthew. Yeah, you yep, just don't. You don't. And uh, when you get to part two of the conversation and you look at the Winnipeg Jets, how they were built, it was over a number of years through high draft picks. You can't really do that with this team. I mean, you can't say, okay, just take it apart and tank. It'll be fine. We're all good. There's way too many players who are under long-term contracts. There's way too many players who are good that even if you tried to take it apart, they would still be a middle-of-the-pack team or barely miss the playoffs. And what good does that do you? That does not give you the next number one overall pick unless you get supremely lucky. So you're not going to go that route. What route you're going to go is try to look for similar players on the trade block as far as teams maybe aren't 100% thrilled with them or they're on teams that are trying to tear down that would change the shape of how you look as a team. And this doesn't guarantee you really anything, uh, but there are teams who have reworked themselves after looking like they were kind of stuck in neutral. One of them is Boston. And one thing that Boston gives you hope on is they've done it in part through having players come up through their system and give them a more than they expected. Charlie McAvoy is now basically their number one defenseman, yeah. and he's 20 years old. And David Pasternak, they drafted 20th or 20-something overall, and he's turned into a superstar. So th- that's part of the hope that guys like Greenway, Cunning, if they could get the Russian kid over here. But the other part should be, is, is there someone out there who is of equal value but a much better fit for this team? You know what I mean? So it's yes. like, okay, yeah, we like Jason Zucker, but can we get a player who's going to dominate the puck a little more, who can't really be eliminated in the playoffs, even if he doesn't score 40 goals? Did we, Okay, so I, your perspective, you you much like another GM coming in here, doesn't have this like five or six year you know ingrained opinion on players that we've seen come up through the minor leagues as 21-year-olds who are now 25. You followed from... Buffalo, you covered the Sabres, you've covered the NHL as a whole. So did we in this town overvalue the Mikhail Grandlin, Charlie Coyle, or did those guys not live up to their potential to this point in their careers? I think that Chuck Fletcher's ultimate plan was a good one, that you get two elite players and then you build around them with rookie contracts and very good prospects. And Granlund, Coyle, Zucker, these are all very good prospects that at one time Minnesota was ranked at the very top of the league when when you were talking about their prospect system. And all of them, for one reason or another, have not quite gotten to the level that they were supposed to. 
And I think the reason Chuck Fletcher isn't the general manager is because he still thinks they can. Mm -hmm. And then the owner says, I'm sorry, this year they proved that they couldn't. So it it was a little bit of a lack of foresight to be able to see that these players aren't going to quite get there. And they, I mean, they have to some extent. The other part of it is that Parisi got hurt and Ryan Suter got hurt here, but they were never really a contender anyway. But Suter and Parisi maybe aren't as valuable as they once were. So you miss the window where you needed to win. And that's the problem. And that is the, then that is ultimately the the problem. problem. And that's where you need to say, okay, we missed that window. Now, what can we do to shuffle around some of the pieces to try and get these players that are a better fit to give us depth? And instead, they went backwards laughs offseason. Part of it, not their fault because of an expansion draft, but also part of it, they made no changes. But the Scandella trade was atrocious. Yep. Inexcusable. You you took on two contracts of, of almost, as far as players go, worthless players. Yep. Ennis has no value. Zero. Yep. And there's also seeing when a player peaks in value when you know he's imperfect. So let's just say Andrew Wiggins, great example. Delman Young you would, Twins is another yes, one too. Yeah. You would trade Andrew Wiggins right after game three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't trade him after game four. Yeah. And so when you look at Charlie Coyle, for example, we know what Charlie Coyle is at this point. If you looked at him after last year when he scored 56 points, that's peak value. And I know he had a really good contract, so that would be part of it too. But you might look around and go, that guy's not going to do that again. He just did. He just had the best career year, and he was in a perfect situation, but he's not a driving player to the success of this team. Someone else will believe that he could be, well, and that's where you could trade him. And, and where Judd likes to bring this point up, and I think it's right on, a little bit of this next general manager's success or failure will depend on on if that GM can take advantage of the stupidest GMs in the league. Because by far, the IQ of the GMs, there there, there are 10 of them who are lower than in any other sport. Take all the Why IQs. Why is that? <laughs> because it's a sport that's 20 years behind everyone else. Or yeah. they're former players and they still right. have jobs. Yep. Ber- yep. Bergevin in Montreal is a complete idiot. I mean, it's Garth like, Snow, the Islanders, is a complete see, idiot. Judd brought this up yesterday. I mean, it is like anyone's fantasy football or baseball or hockey yeah. league or whatever where there's like yeah. there's 12 guys in the league and you know that those three dudes that you went to college with are just boneheads who don't know who. and they, yep. Where you get halfway through an auction and they're the ones who are throwing out players that have been called. Like That's what that reminds me of yeah yeah that's that's right and so if you took all the gms in all the four major sports and then you ranked them all at the very bottom would be like five nhl gms yeah and if you're the guy who can take advantage of those players who or those gms who go you know what i think taylor hall is the problem <gasps> like what can we do what can we do and these will come up. We need a steady they, defenseman. Let's make a trade with New and, Jersey. That's the stupidest trade we could possibly and, make and give up a potential MVP for Adam Larson. It, it makes you wonder how many of these came and went where Chuck Fletcher might yeah. have been involved and, and was unable well, to pull the trigger. And that's the problem, too. I've, I've uh, wrote down four things where if you if you want to look why, why Chuck does not have a job today, here's why. The Brent Burns trade. All right, you're yep. taking, and this is why Dumba doesn't get traded. You're taking a defenseman who might, if you watch him on a consistent basis, have driven you up the wall, and he turns the puck over, and he still does to this day. But guess what? He won a Norris Trophy, and for him, you got a first-round pick who unfortunately couldn't skate, uh, Setaguchi, who unfortunately had off-the-ice problems, and Charlie Coyle, who didn't develop. Uh, The Martin Hansel trade. The Martin Hansel trade, which was your go-for-it trade, right? 
He gave you one goal in five playoff games, and you're done. That's a problem. The Scandella trade. I get that the contracts, and and part of the reason why you gave Scandella away was to include Pominville, who, by the way, you had unnecessarily signed to a five-year contract. If Mm -hmm. The Pominville trade with Buffalo isn't a terrible trade. The terrible decision is to then reward him with a five-year contract, which, by the way, didn't kick in until the following year. And finally, the Koivu extension. And why Craig didn't cut that off, I still don't yeah. know. But when you go to when you go to Craig and say, you know what, I really I think we should give because Koivu is coming off a nice year. But if you look at his age and and the decline previous to that, you could have pretty easily said, let's just wait. And instead, you're a salary cap strap team, and you sign him to a two year extension, which once again doesn't kick in until this coming season, and once again includes a complete no move clause, which means you're stuck. And it speaks, so. it really speaks to buying into your own guys, and that's what they've done. Believing that you need Jason Pominville on a contract that expensive, and also not being able to look down the road. I mean, that, that's where I feel like this is where Chuck Fletcher lost the job, is not being able to look down the road and say, for example, with Brent Burns, this league is going to go toward offensive defensemen. At some point, the Hale Gills are going to be out of here, and the you know the guys who just protect the net are going to be out of here, and this game is going to pick up in speed, and those guys are going to be valuable. Well, he didn't see that coming, and, that, and that's a big part of it, too. He didn't see that Jonas Brodeen would just become an okay defenseman that other teams might overvalue someone who's just a solid player. Because I had heard his name a lot of other teams being interested and being willing to give up good players. Well, you didn't see that coming. You didn't see Coyle not developing coming when you're around him all the time. And sometimes you lose on those, but if just sticking with that plan, not seeing too that Miko Koivu over the next couple of years of this extension is not going to be as good. It's just unless he is a miracle of nature, he's not going to be yeah. as good. And he's going to be like your fourth highest paid player yep. while he's declining. Yep. Yeah. And the same thing goes for Jason Pominville. At that point in his career, he's not the fastest skater anymore. He never was a like unbelievable offensive talent or anything like that. So it was going to come back to earth. And God bless Bruce Boudreaux for getting every ounce out of him, but then you still couldn't trade him for anything of value because of that contract. Yeah. So that was, I think, what happened with Fletcher overall is it's the same theme with every one of these moves. It wasn't that he lost trades because, I mean, some, yeah, but he just didn't make the ones that needed to be made. Yeah, Uh, It'll be interesting to see the timeline and when a new GM is hired, and this should be a fun offseason of probably not just speculation but moves for the Wild. So Collar, go find his draft coverage, Vikings draft coverage on 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast and Saturday Morning Sports Talk. Judd, when we come back, yes, one of the great mysteries in sports continued last night. <laughs> Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. Swung on out. Hit in the air to deep left field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Giancarlo. In no si puesto parlo. It's a Stantonian home run. And Austin drills one to deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone into the bullpen. Austin powers one. And the Yankees now take a 14 to 1 lead. Wow. That was subtle. Austin powers, powers one. one. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You just need a yeah, baby, in the back. Wow. Once he once he started to sing, I, I just I expect songs now. 
Once he started to do a little Nat King Cole, and well, I, this I expect songs. Enough. This one's not good enough. Swung on and drilled to deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. On the first pitch, a line drive home run inside the pole in left field. And Duhar hits it far. And he's getting Miggy with it. Oh, my God. No, wow. no. To answer your question, it's not good enough. We were swung on and drilled to deep right field. That ball's high. It is far. It is gone. Giancarlo. Non de Medicar. That ball sure traveled far. Giancarlo. Thank you. There it is. Much better. We were talking about this before the show with, with Harrigan. It, explain how... 15 plus years, Twins Yankees matchups. You can change out all of the players multiple times on both teams. You can change out the Twins front office. You can change out managers on both sides. You can change the stadiums that they play in, yeah, both sides. To a nondescript one. And you get the, the same result time and time again. The uh, Star Tribune had it today. Since 2008, the Yankees in the series hold a 51 to 21 advantage in the playoffs, 13 and two. But I think it's even why they only go back to 08. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just telling you the 03 and 04. Because it's too, too much to go back. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably too damn depressing. I think it's worse if you go back further. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's more like than it's 03 to. and 04. I just in the. <laughs> Story today. The go Star back. Tribune had that go back to 2008. It's fi- it isn't 51 to 21 with a 13-2 advantage in the postseason bad like, enough for you. And I get that the Yankees, by and large, the Yankees have had over those 15 years. The Yankees have had better teams for the most part. There's been some years where the Twins have the better team, but you know if if the worst teams in baseball playing you know, a collection of really good and really bad teams are still going to win like you know 40 percent of their games, why is it that the Twins? With different managers, different rosters, different stadiums, different front office, different everything. Even if they have an inferior collection compared to the Yankees, why is it that they go? It's like they walk into that stadium, which like it's not even. It's not. But the, the stadium's the, not. The, in, the ghost of Babe Ruth is not walking around in that stadium. It's like the, it's not intimidating. It's like maybe the ghost of Shane Spencer, but he was out of the league by '09 anyways. It's, why are you getting? It's like do they do they get psyched out still? But why would? I guess they do. I have no idea why they would. Fourteen to one, and then whatever happened or after the first three runs were scored, pitching and, just stunk last night, and that was it. And then whatever happened in the first three, you know, the after the first three runs were scored in the wild card game, it's it, you can't just chalk it up to. Well, I mean, the Twins just—they're not as good as the Yankees. It's it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. I mean, they beat the Astros two out of three. They compete with the Indians on a regular basis, and they can't. It's like they walk in and they're just immediately. It's like the Space Jam movie where all the NBA players are just like the skill is sapped out of their bodies the minute they step foot in the Bronx. It's ridiculous. Unfortunately, that happened to the Trop. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Well, they were in two of those games. Perhaps this is just a continuation of crappy play by them of late, too. They were in two of those games. I don't understand, as, as you said, the thing I don't get is the stadiums. The old stadium I get because you're going into the stadium and it's intimidating and it was a weird place to play. 
I've ne- never been to the new one, but everybody tells me it's just sort of antiseptic and nothingness. So I don't know why you would go yeah, in there. Uh, there. There would be nothing about that place that you would look around and say, "Oh my God, we're in yeah. Yankee Stadium." I mean, having been to both stadiums, it's it really they tried to replicate it as much as they could. I mean, it's more modern than the old stadium was, but they tried to replicate it. But it just feels like kind of a hollowed out version of the old classic Yankee Stadium. To feel like that as a player, though, that's what we don't know. Because you're still walking in there. It's still called Yankee Stadium. You're still seeing pinstripes on the other side. I mean... I, mean, I, I can see as a young player, you know, if you're you know Byron Bucks and maybe he's old enough where he should be over it at this point. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, the Rockies yeah. have pinstripes. Like, not the only team with well, pinstripes. Well, I, I get, it's I get it's obviously a little different, but... I can I mean, see the, being starstruck, awestruck a little bit, you know, the first maybe right. one or two games. But it's been, as you said, a decade of just been absolute dog crap there. Yeah. Your your ass gets handed to you every time you go there. That's yeah. what and, makes And the best part is last year when they took that three nothing lead and you thought so Doja goes yard and like Rosario went yard at one point and you thought yeah. yes, this is this is the collection that finally blocks out all the BS and gets over that hump. Well, nope. Did you think that? Because I didn't think that. I did. I, I did think that. My thoughts were yes. literally, wow, great start. I'm still really nervous. No, I, well, I, I mean, I, to say I wasn't a little nervous would be a lie, but I thought, yeah, this is the this is the bleep you collection. You know what? Like, Rosario doesn't care about the past. Do you know, do you know what, what, uh, what point in that game I thought to myself that this is a problem? They had scored three, right? Top of the first? Yes. And they had guys on, right? Mm-hmm. They failed to get them in. Yep. And that's what I thought. I thought yeah. if they if they score this next batch of runs, this game might be done. And then they didn't. And I thought, you know what's going to happen? Irv's going to get out there. I didn't think he'd pitch terrible immediately, which he did. But when they didn't score that next batch of runs, I thought, ah, yeah, they're going to give this up. But still, it is remarkable that you can keep going, that everything can change, and you can keep going in there and just get waxed every single time. I'm I'm with you. It's that. embarrassing. Yeah. Who pitches today for the Twins? Jose. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, you might you know, have a chance might, to end. That might be, you know, we'll see. Followed by Doge. Barrios versus Sabathia today. I guess CC Sabathia has had a nice little late career resurgence. Credit to him. Skinny CC stunk, and, and then... He, he got back to being fat and got good again. But it's been about six year years since he got skinny. It's been a long time. Yeah, but that skinny year, he was terrible. That was uh, that was uh, uh, an endorsement to be fat. Some people are just fat. It was an endorsement to be fat? Yeah, I'm just saying that if you're naturally a bigger guy and you lose weight, CC Sabathia lost the fat and lost his, his, his pitching mojo, and then he got fat again, just proving that sometimes people are meant to be fat. No matter how much they try to lose weight. The David Wells approach. Yes. Be fat, don't care, just chuck. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. We have a sixer after the game. Like Judge Radio strategy. (laughs) What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. I celebrate sports, too. (laughs) All sports. Even when the Rockets are going nuts in the third quarter. Uh, Dave, what's coming up in stuff you should know about? I have a couple Baker Mayfield items that are very interesting. Pete Rose is back in the news. And... It's nothing worse than disappointing a parent. Swung on and drilled to deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Yes, indeedy. Didi Gregorius makes Yankee fans absolutely euphorious. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Mackie and Judd. Be ready. On 1500 ESPN. 
That Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, where the very best quality meats are slow smoked for 14 hours every day. Dickie's now delivers right to your door. When you're ready to eat, head to dickies.com. Mackie and Judd Show, give me a go, no go for stuff you should know about. Hosts, go. Producer, we're go. Technical, go. Music, go. Volume, go. The actual stuff, we are go. Control, we are a go. You are clear to launch stuff you should Whoa. know. We are go for launch. What you know about? All right, David Harrigan, where do you want to start among the items you teased for stuff today? Oh, that's interesting. Normally you feel you can tell me where to start. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm changing it up for you. Good. Glad to know that the power struggle has swayed in my favor. Baker Mayfield <laughs> is the subject of a couple items I have today. Let's start with this one from Peter King's Monday Morning Quarterback. The Cardinals don't like Baker Mayfield. They bleeping love him. Wow. Didn't actually say bleeping, but we had to add that. That's a good thing because John Elway, of course, running the Broncos, also likes him very much, too. An interesting, strange bedfellows scene occurred at the Broncos cafeteria during Mayfield's on-campus visit. Elway and Mayfield sitting alone at a table, discussing things, conversing, walking through the salad bar at the time. $36 million man, Case Keenum. Wow. Well, that's got to be comfortable. <laughs> that's got to be real comfortable. Hey, guys. Hey. So, uh, what's happening? <laughs> Somebody always looking to replace Case, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> he guy. hasn't even taken a snap with the Broncos, and they're like, ah, oh, we here. Oh, no, no. It's not really going to work. I mean, if you're Case, you can't complain too much, right? You got paid. Oh, right. You got paid for the first time. But still, you don't even have the 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 leisure of strolling around as no. the guy. It's, it's like your Baker third Mayfield. day at your new practice facility. You can't even get breakfast without Baker Mayfield walking by. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, you may remember he was a walk-on at Oklahoma. And obviously went on to a very good career with the Sooners. Maybe you don't know that as a football fan, but if you're trying to get Baker Mayfield as part of your guy, you want to be his agent. Perhaps you should know that fact. Mm -hmm. Right, Buzz Cook? Buzz Cook, Brett Favre's agent. Great story. He he went on his, I mean, every agent does the same thing. They give their, their resume, what they're about, all this stuff. And then finally, when he was about to give me a chance to talk, he asked, so, when did Bob Stoops start recruiting you? And I literally, I said, excuse me? And he repeated the question. I said, yeah, I got to go. And I just hung up. Like, <laughs> if you're going to pursue a guy and say that you want him, you want to, you know, be that guy that's going to be there for him, why not do your research? <laughs> ah, he's not wrong. Um, I don't blame him many, one bit How many that. players does Cook represent still? I think it's pretty low now. Is it okay? I think Favre was always... He had uh, Fred Smoot here, but I don't think he, he's had a ton. Mm. So, and you know what? With Favre, you don't need a ton. No. You just need one. He made enough Brett money. Favre's money is all guy, you need. Yeah, yeah. Pete Rose is back in the news. Do you realize he's still married to his first wife, Carol? Oh, no. No, I didn't. Oh, when did they get married? 1984. Wait, but he has a new girlfriend. Yeah. yeah he's, no, but he's still married. Oh, had a new girlfriend okay. for a while. They got married in 84. <laughs> Pete filed divorce papers in 2011, but things have lingered. Apparently. Things have stalled. <laughs> and, well, 
they are technically still married. Now we have new court documents showing that, yes, they are indeed still married. And Carol says, well, we're still married, so I would like my share. I would like my half of the money that you're getting, Pete. For instance, the what she claims making a minimum of $100,000 per month, primarily from daily uh, signing appearances at different card shows or whatever it might be. Wow. Or in other words, a little over a million dollars annually just for signing autographs. She would like her share to that. Also uh, makes note that he tends to blow most of his cash in high-stakes gambling sessions, has significant debts with casinos and the IRS. I know that may shock you. Is she just finding out now that Pete Rose likes to gamble? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, we've got news for you, Carol. I, I can't believe this. Pete Rose likes to gamble. And in debt to the IRS? She's What's asking going on, a Pete? judge to step in and lay out a uh, plan so that she can uh, get her just due after. Uh, oh, good for her. So why, I'm assuming that he would love her to sign the divorce papers so that he could just be done with all of this, right? I would think. So what's the holdup? She just doesn't want to sign so she'll sign once she gets her for sure cut. gets yeah. okay all right her for sure cut. okay you know those uh in the wild the wild always have like a dad's trip every year right or a mom's trip or something like that the parents always dad uh, trip. dad's trip yeah, yeah they always join we the take team the dads for a on a trip. long road trip where we're all d- distracted and we spend time with dad yeah it's very cute well uh other teams do that the Pitch- pittsburgh pirates recently did one a four game series they took a nice trip to philadelphia mm-hmm. not a very long trip but hey what the heck pittsburgh to philly i guess that counts for something mm. Uh, Jerry Krasnick was doing the reporting on this. 20 fathers of Pirates players and staff in Philly in conjunction with the team's sixth annual dad's trip. I told him just because you're on the trip, that doesn't mean your son's going to get to play. Clint Hurdle said with a laugh, the manager. Another tweet a little later. Pirates brought 20 fathers to Philly this weekend for their annual dad's trip. Lost four straight to the Phillies. <laughs> Nothing sadder than a bunch of depressed dads. Also, the post-series trip to Dairy Queen has officially been canceled. Nope. <laughs> mm. I, I am uh, I am told from those trips that uh, depressed is not a problem because uh, everyone has a great time among the dads. Going to the bars and drinking heavily. That's what I've been told. Which is great. I mean, I'm just I'm just glad that's a good way to just maybe cover up your depression. I'm just drink heavily. I'm just glad that these guys who who get paid to concentrate and play a sport get to take their dads on a trip when they could do it during the offseason. Wow. I'm not a big fan of the dad's trip. I'm not a big fan. You're a professional athlete. Concentrate on what you're supposed to do. You are focus on your task. Okay. So, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? If you are a professional baseball player, you're a Pittsburgh Pirate. I'm a Pittsburgh Pirate, okay. And you have a 705-710 game in Philadelphia on a a Friday night, all right? Yep. It's 1030 a.m. What would you like that professional athlete to be doing? Uh, sleeping in, maybe. Though they already did. Yeah, they already slept till 10. Breakfast has been delivered. They had a little bite. They got some time to kill before that to be at the ballpark. Bus leaves at one. Batting or practice doesn't focus. start until about three o'clock or so. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I just I think a dad's trip is great for when you might go on a trip with your dad during your off season, which in baseball and most sports is like. You want him just with a bat, just taking dry hacks in the hotel room for two hours, don't you? I just I'm not a big fan. Okay, so your premise is at all times during. I think it's a distraction. This, in this particular profession, at all I times. Mean, the uh, you know the the people involved in this profession need to be dialed in and focused, even if they're not playing. Right? So what is it that you do on let's say Friday night, Saturday night, when you're not playing 
I try and radio. Watch, I try and watch sports and drink, drink a couple beers, but I'm dialed in and focused because I have a show on Saturday. So I'm dialed in. I'm always dialed in. My life is spent dialed in. I'm <laughs> that's not. That's one way not, to put it. I am not distracted. Have you ever thought about unplugging and maybe enjoying some time with I don't know, friends and family? Three hour window before well, going sure, to work. Sure, on Saturday night because I'm off on Sunday. Anyway, I'm not a big fan, but it's not. I'm not that big a deal. All right, well, let's move on. Clearly, not that big of a deal. Let's you move know, on. Where you had to let's hog three minutes of your radio show. I did not show know we didn't. Dave asked about me. Dave players asked hanging me. out with family. Dave asked me a question about it. I would move on. Amazing, you have time for those Law and Order reruns. I don't know how you squeeze it into your daily. <laughs> He's really life. super dialed into the to the Law and Order episode. He was dialed in. Obviously, you were dialed in at the Wolves game last night. Unfortunately for you, yeah, you weren't dialed into the broadcast on TNT and the interesting Twitter debate that raged on. Rose is out of the box and off to the races. Reggie Rose has been terrific in this series. Picked up by the day of three. Oh, Reggie Rose continues to hit these shots. Uh-huh. He's throwing it to his. It's not. This is a big thing for no reason. I, I get the. I get Reggie the Reggie Miller is his color commentator. Yes. He's he's tossing a softball to his color commentator to comment on Derrick Rose. Yeah. Reggie Rose just hit a shot. Reggie Rose is no longer in a coma. We need a comma. Is what we need. There's a yes. There's so, no comma. We need the comma. Rose picked up by the day of three. Oh, Reggie Rose continues to hit these shots. There's a comma. I completely in there, get that. Sure. Yeah. I I heard it the first few times, and I was with everyone saying, no, he's calling him Reggie Rose. It's Kevin Harlan, though. He's not just some idiot. I agree. And then I w- that was confirmed to me that, yeah, I'm wrong. He's tossing it to Reggie Miller. It just sounds a little weird when we also had Reggie Paul. Another three. This time it will get the roll right through. Reggie Paul with a nice shot right there. Nice. He's throwing it to Reggie. <laughs> we need a comma. We need a comma, Kevin. This is, this is Seinfeldian. <laughs> I mean, it's true. There is no, it, it's like... <laughs> It's like he's the guy. You guys have friends where if you're texting or emailing with someone and they never use commas or punctuation. Drive me nuts. That's Kevin Harlan last night. Another three. This time it will get the roll right through. Reggie Paul with a nice shot right there. No, there's no reason separation. I see the more problem more than Reggie. Yeah, I see the problem more there than, than with uh, Derek Rose. Hey, play the Rose ones again. Reggie Paul. Rose is out of the box and off to the races. Reggie Rose continues to hit these shots. Another three. This time it will get the roll right through. Reggie Paul with a nice shot right there. Yeah, I see it, but but it's I think people who didn't know who the color commentator was too are even more confused. If you're just ducking in and you don't know, like you don't know Reggie Miller's voice, it was probably very confusing. So mm-hmm. yes. I feel I feel like there was a longer break with with Reggie Rose than with Reggie Paul. <laughs> I feel like the Paul one was too quick, and I, therefore I got more confused on that one. Uh, one more item for you guys. Oh. I, I don't know if you caught any of the uh, Jazz game, uh, Jazz Thunder last night, and we'll talk about Rubio later. 
Marco Rubio, as Reggie Miller called him on the Wolves broadcast at one oh, point last yeah, night. We gotta get to that. That was an issue, but um, <laughs> there's more to it too. Marco Rubio. You guys have your favorite jersey rules, rules about how fans can uh, wear jerseys, and I know you're very mostly anti-jersey, right? What are your top rules? Uh, well, I would say there's two of them. Number one, uh, the Mackey and Judd jersey rules. If you're gonna wear a jersey, it has to be either a someone older than you or someone who played, you know, when you were a kid. So someone older than you or B something funny or ironic. Okay. Can we make a new rule? And obviously kids can wear whatever jerseys they want. Well, unless, unless the athlete is younger than the kid. Yeah. That's silly. Like if you're 17 and you're wearing a 16 year old Freddie, Adu jersey, reevaluate. Okay, fine. That's fine. But if you're 10 years old, you can probably wear whatever you All want. All right. All right. New rule. <laughs> What's the point? If you are a child, if you're a child, let's say 14 and under, or an active NBA basketball player, that's the only way you can wear an NBA jersey. Unless it's Spring Jam on campus at the U of M, and every dude has an NBA jersey. Did apparently. you guys see Mitt Romney courtside yes. last night? Oh, I did see yeah. that. Talking Twitter, trash yes. to Russ Westbrook in his button-down yes. dress shirt with the white yes. jazz jersey on that some <laughs> handler giving him before the game, yes. I'm sure, to wear. Yes. Mitt, yes. you look great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Come on. Okay, yeah, what, what? okay but point. what would look more ridiculous? Mitt Romney wearing the so the button-up like plaid dress shirt with the jersey over it. Or Mitt Romney wearing nothing underneath an NBA jersey. <laughs> Let's just not do either one. Like upper upper arm hair at all. Let's have him wearing no jersey whatsoever. I still think that coaches in the NBA, like in baseball, you should have Tibbs? to wear the uniform. You want Tibbs I wearing want Tibbs, the uniform? Tibbs in a basketball okay. uniform. Derek Rose jersey's what I'm wearing. Do you think, think, do you think, think Tibbs would be so demonstrative if he had to wear an NBA jersey? That's right. You'd be a little bit. You'd sit down. You'd sit down and cover yourself up. What do you oh, think he'd go on the bottom half? Fab Five or Stockton shorts? Stockton. Gotta be Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be Stockton. Oh, no. No. My right. mental image for the rest of the show is ruined. Oh, well, good luck with your prime mortgage oh. lending spot right now, thinking about that image. Oh, okay. So here's something that I do want you to think about. If you're looking for a mortgage company, let me suggest my friends at Prime and Kemp McCullough. And that's because this isn't about simply selling you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust first. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. And now you're saying to yourself, well, that sounds fantastic, Judd, but what does it mean exactly? And I'm going to tell you. It means while Prime would love to have you as a client, they want to meet with you first. They want to explain their plan and then sit down with you, explain it. The decision is up to you. This is about a couple of key things for Prime and Kent. And this includes internally and with you. It's about teamwork. It's about collaboration. That's what Prime is all about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing costs, not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you? That's right. All you have to do is go to this website, goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. Do it today. More Mackie and Judd after this. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. And those are some boobs, by the way. Mackie and Judd. Uh... On 1500 ESPN. Get your tickets now to see Minnesota United taking on Houston this Saturday, 7 o'clock, TCF Bank Stadium. You can head to MNUFC.com to purchase your tickets. Swung on a hit in the air to deep left field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Giancarlo. Inocipuesto Parlo. 
It's a Stantonian home run. Swung on and drilled to deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. On the first pitch. A line drive home run inside the pole in left field. And Duhar hits it far. And he's getting Miggy with it. Swung on and drilled to deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Yes, indeedy. Didi Gregorius makes Yankee fans absolutely euphoric. Oh, there it is, right there. Uh, I think we've come up with something here for Anthony LaPanta, perhaps, on Wild Broadcast. I think we should test this out. All right. I'm putting Dave to the test during <clears throat> commercial breaks here. So um, I'm going uh, to fire up a little crowd ambience here, like a little wild game. Mm-hmm. And I'll hit the wild horn. And Dave, why don't you do a play-by-play call here? All right. We're inside the Excel Energy Center right now, and it's a, I don't know, it's a hockey game. Wilder playing <laughs> whoever you, you want them to play. Go ahead. Let's try this out. Suter over to Dumba. Back to Suter. To Coyle. Over to Parisi. He scores! Parisi getting one that was greasy. <laughs> and the Wild are up 1 0. That's <laughs> I think this is FSN taking it the next step. It's logical. I like it. Uh, hold on. All right. Let's uh, let's try another one. Try this. This is crowd noise. Okay. It's a little bit subdued atmosphere. It's a subdued atmosphere. Fans are finally sick of it. Koivu enters the face-off circle. He wins it back to Dumba. Slap shot. He scores! Dumba has wild fans doing the rumble and the wild are up to nil <laughs> why do i think this is hilarious because <laughs> it's good it's our own john sterling on hockey it's perfect <laughs> let's get a third one all right <clears throat> okay stall brings it across the line over to Granlin. He centers to Coyle. He scores! Someone find Grandpa Joe, because I've got a golden ticket. Charlie <laughs> makes it a 3 0 game for the Wild. Yes! <laughs> we got a song. We needed a song. We got a song. You're welcome. Thank you. My morning's been made. Oh, my God. Why is no one ripping this bit off for other sports? Could you imagine doing it for every basketball shot made, too? (laughs) Just up and down down the court, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, your head would A hundred times a game. Man. I think that hockey, I think that's got potential right there, Harry. You only need it a few times a night in the wild case, zero or one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, game game five against the Jets. You're you're fine. You don't need yeah. Don't need it basically. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't have to tune up the band very often. It would spice things up. It would get me to watch more hockey. I think in the regular season, if I knew that, like, wow, if a goal does take place, I'm going to get a John Sterling act after each one. I like the coil call. Unfortunately, I think he only scored 11 during the season and none during the playoffs, so you wouldn't get the golden ticket too much. Well, yeah, but that just makes you watch even more True. because you're really you know praying for it. True. Good if you point. get it every night, why are you going to tune in on a random Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. And then some of the games are on national TV, and so you really you only get to call like five Charlie Coyle goals on Fox Sports North if you are doing that bit. <laughs> I think they should rip it off. Heck, I think they might. I think we just ripped it off. 
Yeah. Now they're going to rip it. off the ripoff? They're well, rip that's off happened like at least you. three times on this show where we've had something wild related, arena related, and then they've taken it from us. You're right, Prince. Let's go crazy with us. Um, let's uh, let's come back with a little pecking order action here. Let's go. It's uh, been a rough go for our Minnesota sports teams this week, including the Twins. <laughs> the last 14 hours. Yeah. Let's dive into some shameful truths about Minnesota sports, and then Jason Stark will join the show in about a half hour. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios.